promised myself 12 months ago that I wouldn't drink again. G'day, what's up? Welcome to Still Not Drunk, the podcast about drinking hosted by a comedian who doesn't drink, that's me. Hello, I'm Aiden Jones. And today on the podcast, we got Anna Beros, very exciting, a good mate of mine from Melbourne, lives in Berlin, great comic, going to talk to her. I mean, I already did talk to her, but you're going to listen to me talking to her. We had a sick chat. I hope you guys are good. Thank you for tuning back in. This is episode six of the pod, man. I'm feeling all right, to be honest. I'm in Reykjavik, Iceland right now. Reykjavik in goddamn Iceland, in the Airbnb, the other two dudes that I'm sharing the Airbnb with are out, we're here for the fringe, and um, man, it's actually interesting that I talked to Anna, and that that's this week's episode, because of where I'm at this week, I'm here in Reykjavik doing the Fringe Festival, and um, like, I'll completely level with you, I'm not selling a lot of tickets, me and the other guys in here have been laughing about how few tickets, I've sold three, I've got two shows, Saturday and Sunday, I've sold three, The other one of the other guys has sold four, <laughs> and then the other dude has either sold none or sold way more than either of us because he hasn't said, so maybe he's being polite or maybe he's even more ashamed than we are, <laughs> but I mean... You know, what this festival is, is um, not so much like, I'm kind of, uh, I've been thinking a lot about the way that I approach comedy and touring and whatever, because I've always said yes to stuff like this, but I'm at a point now where I'm like, I want to make money. I want to try and actually do things that are going to put me in a good, stable financial position. So maybe saying yes to stuff like this is, you know, it's kind of dumb because I'm coming here. I've spent a lot of money to be here. Reykjavik is so expensive because it's a rock in the middle of the ocean. So anything that they want to get here, they've got to get it here. You can't grow. It's literally a rock. But um, I guess I'm just kind of rethinking my whole approach and like, should I say yes to stuff like this? Or like, if I want to come to Reykjavik, maybe I should just come to Reykjavik rather than putting these shows on and then adding the pressure of now having to sell tickets on top of the fact that I'm in this expensive place. Like if I didn't have the shows on, maybe I would just be able to enjoy it more. But Anna Beros is someone who is in a similar situation to me. She grew up in Melbourne. She left. She's lived in Berlin for seven years. And uh, we talked about that, actually. We talked about how she had not been home for such a long time, especially with the pandemic and everything like that. And she's someone who has just quit drinking a few years ago. Um, was it a few years ago? Oh, it might have been. No, sorry. I think it might have been in the last year. It was in the last year. She's quit drinking. And she's uh, in her 30s and she's made a deal with herself that she's not going to start drinking again until she either has an agent or has a baby. She wants to have a kid or an agent in comedy. She wants to be making enough money and stand up. So she's kind of asking herself similar questions to me in the sense of like she doesn't feel like she was where she wants to be stability wise in her life and career wise and everything like that and uh the way she put it was that drinking to to um to not drink at the moment she doesn't have anyone to be accountable for she doesn't have a kid or a family she's not in a like a you know a I don't know. I think she's in a few... You know what? I'm not going to comment on her relationships. <laughs> How about that, Aiden? Um, <laughs> but um, so, yeah, she, she 
like in terms of her personal life, she wants to have a kid. She's not there yet. And professionally, she, uh, yeah, she's, she wants to get an agent. She tours a bit around Europe and puts on her own shows in Berlin. But again, I think she's not quite where she wants to be. And uh, I think the way she put it was that her like drinking, if she doesn't have anyone in her family or professionally to be accountable to, then she'll just drink because she doesn't have, you know, any responsibilities in terms of like an agent who she's made commitments to or a kid that she has to look after. So she's found that that's kind of dangerous because if she's got no one to be responsible to, then she'll be irresponsible. So she's quit drinking until she has someone to be responsible to, hoping that that will, you know, help her rein the drinking in. So she's made this kind of deal with herself and it was really interesting to talk to her about that. Um yeah, I guess we're we're both in a kind of position in our lives where we're not quite where we want to be yet and we're looking at it and going maybe drinking is a part of that and it's something that I want to that I want to think about and change. The drink that we drank this week was Negroni the Negroni Spritz from Higher Spirits, which I just man so sick. I just had a quick read. So when we were doing the episode, we talked about the nootropics that are in this um, in this drink. The drink was lovely. On the website, I just read a broadsheet article. This guy's got a bunch of different brands, um, alcohol-free brands. He's been sober himself for, I think it was seven, eight years. And uh, again, I mean, that was a family-based decision judging by the story that he said in this article. But this higher spirits, it looks like they're trying to move towards having ingredients in the drink that affect you that aren't like drugs and that are legal, but like it's not alcohol. It's not that kind of effect, but it's like increased brain function or whatever, whatever. And um, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion one way or another about that, but something that I thought was interesting on the front page of the website, or maybe it was in the media section, there was a little post about how psilocybin has been made legal in Australia for therapeutic use. And it's one of the first countries in the world to legalize that. And I guess, you know, it just made me think about the name higher spirits and where they're going with that. If they're celebrating psilocybin being in a drink, maybe they're looking at moving into that space at some point if that becomes legal in Australia to start substituting alcoholic drinks with drinks that might have drugs in them but used in a kind of therapeutic sense. So I think that's really cool and interesting. And you know what? Interviewing people in the alcohol-free drinks community and industry is somewhere that I really want to take this podcast and that's a little like a little teaser that in the future maybe not in the not in the next month but in uh, a couple months time hopefully going to have some interviews coming out with people who are making alcohol-free drinks that I'm very excited about because I just want to hear people's stories around it and I think that's somewhere that I'm really excited for this pod to go. So um, yeah, this is the interview with Anna Beros. We also talked about her family. We talked about her family's culture of drinking. We talked about her relationship with her dad, which is the, I love that shit, man. Talk to me about your dad all fucking day and um, yeah, we just had a great chat, dude. This is someone who I feel like kindred spirit is maybe a very strong word, but I feel like Anna and I see the world in a very similar way and we're kind of on a similar path in terms of stand-up, in terms of drinking, in terms of maybe not being 100% happy with where we're at and trying to work on ourselves and get to that place. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying to you from Reykjavik, Iceland right now with three sales for my shows this weekend. (laughs) 
Oh, God. I'm trying to enjoy Reykjavik, man. It's a beautiful place. I'm excited to explore. I got in yesterday. I'm still jet lagged. It's whatever. You guys, I'm so excited to introduce our guest for this week, Anna Beros. Thank you very much again for listening. If you're liking it, oh, by the way, oh my God, I almost forgot a shout out to our sponsor, anadrinks.com.au. Of course, supplied the drinks and supply all the drinks for all the episodes and uh, just the best place in Australia to go. If you're looking for alcohol-free drinks, they ship all over the country. They've got the best prices, the best range, everything. So hit them up, anadrinks.com.au for everything you need. And with that, now I'm introducing to you, please enjoy my chat with great comedian and good friend, Adam Beros. Aiden Jones, and here with me is Anna Beros. G'day, mate. G'day. How are you? So good. We just recorded a podcast before this, so we've been hanging out for fucking ages. So long. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks for doing this, mate. I appreciate it. You're just in Melbourne quickly. I am. Actually, not that quickly, but yes. uh, Three (laughs) weeks from Berlin. Staying with your mom. Staying with my bro. I'm staying with your bro. And my parents are also staying with my bro. But you're hanging out with your mom. And yeah, hang on. Oh, with your everyone. parents are staying with your bro. Yeah. Because you were saying before that your mum and her partner moved to London. Mm-hmm. Do they not live back here yet? They have moved back. They've just bought a house, but they're still living with oh, my brother. Oh, that's crazy. Man, imagine being at a point in your life when you can accommodate your parents living with you. Well, they have four children as well. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> they're crushing it, dude. Yeah, he's doing They got really four kids and now two yeah. adult kids. Two adult kids. As yeah, well. Yeah. And then me as well, sleeping in. My my nephew's in the bedroom. in your brother's place, mm-hmm. dude. But they don't own it. Yeah, but he's <laughs> <laughs> look at you trying to get a little. He's crushing at this guy, man. I think so. Yeah. And my parents are still like, well, they're still renting. Wow. <laughs> no, they're not like that, but they feel like that. that older, pressure. older or younger brother? Older. 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 How much older? Five years. Five yeah. years. So he's. 86. Yeah, 86. Ha, 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 ha. Fuck you, Aiden. You found out my actual age today. You yeah, I, I was did. Younger. No, yeah, you're 36. I'm I 36. thought you were. I thought we were like the same age. Thank you. Yeah, I thought you would Thank be 32 you. like me. Yeah. Um, and you grew up in Melbourne. Yeah. That's nice. How was that? That was um, that was good. I've spent uh, when I've caught up with friends here this time. Spent so much time going around and being like, "Oh, that bar used to be that bar, and that club. Oh my god, that's a laundromat now." And totally doing that whole thing of um, yeah, living the history of the city. And that's changed. That's funny to be doing that with friends who still live in the city because that just means that their lives are now very much confined to their houses. Yes. isn't it? Yes. Nope. And so many people are like, I just don't go out that much anymore, Anna. Yeah. I'm trying to show you a good time, but, you know, everything kind of closes at like 1, 1.30. And then, you know, ending up at the Peel or Circuit or whatever. And it's like, oh, this is, nothing's changed. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's still the same stuff. So what, are your friends like having kids and shit? Is that the vibe? Most of the friends that I've got, um, I don't, yeah, like starting to talk about kids or still thinking about moving overseas or they've left Melbourne, had kids, gone somewhere else. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was, was, is this how you know those people from drinking days? From drinking days, yeah. From Most of my days. friends are from like, uh, you know, connections of ex boyfriends uh-huh. or ex colleagues from bars. Yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah. You grew up in Melbourne. Hey, where did you say you grew up again? I forgot. Uh, I grew up. 
like Brighton. Oh, Brighton. That's right. That is right, man. <laughs> Elstonwick. That's you know, so funny. Friend. Brighton. For those not in Melbourne, Brighton is the. Uh, there's a comedian, very funny comic called Tess Birch uh, from Brighton, and the one thing that I th- she's still like fairly new, but she's doing really well. But the one thing that I think at times lets her down is she will do jokes about Brighton mm. as if everyone knows. Mm. And that is Brighton. That is so to Brighton, a tea. isn't it? She's like, oh, you know, like me and my friends, like we're from Brighton and like the most Brighton thing ever. And I'm like, mate, we're in Fitzroy. Everyone here is from Dublin. <laughs> totally, <laughs> you know, right? or like whatever. Or fucking Albury. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Country, yeah, like no, no one. But Brighton, it's just I used to be embarrassed about growing up in Brighton. and But I've lived all around Melbourne. So it's like I may yeah. have gone to school. Like I lived there, but I was going to school in Elstonwick. I was in Windsor, you know, and then I've lived all over the north well, and, and whatever. You have the vibe of someone who grew up outside of Melbourne and moved to Melbourne. Mm. I feel like when people think about Melbourne, most of the people who embody that, like, you know, in a North hipstery kind of thing mm. didn't actually grow up in Melbourne. Yeah. You know? I feel like a lot of the people who grew up, like, if you grew up, it took me a long time to realize this being from Adelaide. Mm. When I moved to Melbourne, I'm, I lived in Richmond. I've lived in Footscray, North Melbourne, uh, Brunswick, Coburg. All pretty inner north, except for Richmond, which still arguably, and like North Richmond, you know, like Abbotsford. Oh, well, North Richmond's the shit, man. Yeah. Like, I love that. Like, you can really not, you can feel like a minority there. North Richmond kid. is where I learned how to use chopsticks. Exactly, right? <laughs> and how to do heroin, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it took me a long time to realize that there's this whole eastern suburbs of Melbourne mm. and like past Brighton and shit, like Moorabbin yeah. and the Dandenongs and Lilydale and all of that. It's sprawl and it's a whole different vibe. Oh, yeah. And then out west as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all of of that area. Like my first boyfriend was in Willie. No, it was in Altona. Altona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Travel from like Brighton to Altona to get drunk in his backyard. Nice. Um, My first job was in Ormond, which is like like, Rabin Way. Yep. Ormond KFC. On top top bar in Ormond. Do you know that bar? Do you remember that bar? On top bar in Ormond. No. I did one of my first ever gigs in Melbourne at On Top Bar. I met uh, to this day dear friend Blake Freeman out there in like 2014. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, (laughs) to be honest. But yeah, I guess... um, I don't know. Like the thing is, I left Berlin. I left Melbourne to go to Berlin, and people like Andrew Patelli was saying, like, that's the most Melbourne thing you could do. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 totally. Wait, well, move the mic up a little bit. I'm uh, sorry, it's, it's that mic's kind of shit. Okay, I'll, yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. worried I was going to be like bumping. Nah, in. nah, you're all G. I'm, I get if in anything, there. I'm going to be clipping the fuck out of this. Okay, all right. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it on my chin. Eat it, bro. Mm, um, tea back. Yep, pain. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I have to make it sexual at some point, don't I? Oh, Anna. What we're going to do today, mate, is uh, on this podcast, we talk loosely about drinking and then we're going to drink an alcohol-free drink because I don't drink anymore. But I'm trying to still hold on to the coolness, you know? I'm like, hey, man, I'm still cool. Like, I got all these things. I don't drink anymore either. You don't drink anymore. I don't drink anymore. I didn't know that. I don't, yeah. Oh, I'm, we're going to get into it, dude. Yeah, right? Like, in, in, in December when we saw each other, or was it January? Yeah, January 1st, 2023, uh-huh. we saw each other, and I just decided to stop drinking and not drink uh, for at least a year, but I'm saying I'm not drinking until I have a baby or I have a manager. Wow. That's a wild, yeah, okay. <laughs> what do you reckon of those is coming first? We just talked on the other podcast about your travails around having children and whatever. Yeah. Or having a manager. Do people have managers in your 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 yeah. comic for those people who don't know Anna, great comic based out of Berlin and there's a burgeoning 
English language comedy scene all through Europe, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty DIY. It's still very DIY. A lot people of have self- managers? Yeah, well, some people in the German scene, yes. Yeah. Um, and in different fields, like more adjacent fields like film, um, acting, people have agents or managers. Which is like more established films. Uh, sorry, established um, fields. Fields, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but most people are still self-produced. Uh, probably the most uh, successful Europe comedian, Dragos, one of my good friends, uh-huh. Chef Dragos, he, uh, he's considering getting an agent, but like uh, you pay them, you know, like you, yeah. they, they take a cut. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing is, because we can still find our own venues and self-produce pretty easily, why let someone else take the money? Totally. Got to really see a, a huge gain from it. So, I but I would like that. I would like someone to be booking my to be doing it, booking my shows. Sooner or later, someone's going to see all the money that's getting made out there and figure out a way to streamline that. Exactly. Yeah. So just just like a booking, like a booker. Yeah. You know, if I get a booker, then I'll start drinking again. <laughs> nice. If I reach a point where I feel safe in my career, I'll do my best to try and destroy it. <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, that's one way to spin it. I'd say uh, that's like a, that's a pretty um, it's a pretty negative way to spin it's a neg- it. But yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah. you could say see it like that. I also think it's like uh, if I've got someone booking me gigs, then uh, I've got someone to answer to. Uh-huh. Right now, I'm a I'm a one woman, yeah. a one person business doing all the aspects of my business. If I drink, I lose time, productivity. But if I've got someone booking my shows, that means oh, this person's doing that for me. I've got a show tomorrow. I got a radio. I got a whatever. I have to only have. I can. I can hang out, but I'll just have one glass of wine and go. Right. You can let yourself off the hook if you're drinking and you don't have anyone to answer to. You know, you'll let yourself off the hook and not do that work. Whereas if someone else is doing it for you, you're accountable. Boom. Right. Same That's with the baby. Cool. I like that. Same with a baby. <laughs> your baby's booking your gigs. Exactly. Your baby's booking your radio. I got to do radio because fucking scooter or I don't know what you name your kid. Scooter. Or scooter. <laughs> scooter. <laughs> no, I know, I know the name. <laughs> oh, my first old, one. Uh, old High Five Beros. <laughs> high Five Beros. Yeah, fuck yeah. High Five's a pretty cool name. T-Bar. I don't T-bar. know. T-Bar. T-Bar Beros. Yeah, man. <laughs> No. Um, but so the, I got you a drink here. We've yes. got these alcohol-free drinks that we drink through the pod. Talk about them a little bit. This is uh, Negroni Spritz from Higher. Um, I've never tried this. I at this point though, I want to do a shout out to the sponsor, ANA Drinks. Um, they are the best place to find all your alcohol-free drinks. They ship all over Australia. If you go to ANADrinks.com.au, you can find whatever you want there, alcohol-free. Isn't that cool? Cheers. Cheers, bro. Yeah, let's give it a crack. Thoughts? How ASMR do you want to get this? Oh, yeah, we could do that. (laughs) Yeah. Like... That's I, you know what I don't want to edit this podcast, but I feel like that's something that just needs to be edited, doesn't it? Like that's removed. a nightmare sound. I don't know. Maybe it's beautiful. Yeah. Am I going for, for the ASMR crowd? I didn't consider that. I still haven't thought about the marketing of this podcast so much. I thought I would just market it to degenerates and like you know people who are quitting drinking. But oh, you're doing it right now. Fuck. <laughs> You can't not. Come on, you're consuming something on a podcast. I'm glad like, you've got the quiet mic now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll get it in there. Um, what I, I wanted to ask. So, um, Hire is the is the maker of the the mm-hmm, make of this. Mm-hmm. They make other drinks, not just. I, I would say so. I don't know. To be honest, I should have done some research on this. I literally just picked it up, and uh, 
and grabbed it. I, you know what? I thought it would be cool because uh, it's non-alcoholic cocktail with nootropics. What's nootropics? That's I don't know I if you ask. ever used to listen to Joe Rogan, but I did back in the day. I like did by accident because yeah, the guy that got me into comedy lived with my ex-boyfriend, and sure. he would watch it. Yeah, t- he would watch it. He would watch it. Full hardcore. Full hardcore, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. Rogan always would talk about nootropics. I talk about him like he's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, used to have uh, his on it, which is like his health supplement brand, and he's always like, it's got nootropics. It's like brain shit. I don't fucking know. Nootropics. Like who did, Who named yeah. it? It sounds like nootropics. It's, like it's, I think it's just like, uh, you know, oh, you know what? Nootropics. I have no idea what it is. I was about to try and fudge my way through it. <laughs> I was going to be like, I think it's like that brain shit. I don't brain know. Shit. I don't know what nootropics are. So it's some kind of uh, additive, like like um, supplements. I'll read the back of this, right? Blood, orange, passion, flower, and ashwagandha. Like Ganda. To assist you in the- <laughs> ashwagandha. Oh, yeah, ashwagandha. Yep, a transcendentally delicious alcohol-free Negroni spl- spritz. It's a hit of get shit done, L-theanine, a touch of calm, passion flower and ashwagandha, and blood orange, whose special characteristics include being fucking delicious. Look at these hipster guys. Look yeah, at these. I all like that. Swearing. It's a hit at get shit done. But you still, you probably couldn't get it stocked in like supermarkets if you didn't um, like asterisk out that asterisk shit, it. you know, and the, and, and the F and delicious. F and delicious. Yeah. Oh, I should actually use that in my captions. F and that's better. Um, uh, but the, this uh, theanine, the L-theanine. L-theanine. That might be your nootropics I, there. I think Maybe so. that's a nootropic. Must be something caffeinated. Do you reckon? Well, for you to be getting shit done. Oh, true. Right. I I, we could look energy. this up, but I don't want to. I don't want to break the flow of the podcast. No, I know. It's got 28.9 milligrams of, of caffeine. The, of theanine. 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 And uh, does it have some comment around caffeine? No. It doesn't. So, so it doesn't. It's got... It's got yeah, L-theanine and the extracts. I don't know, mate. What do you reckon about the taste? L-theanine. And, that and sounds like extract. Spanish L-theanine. Um. <laughs> it's a Spanish, yeah, it's like a bullfighter. <laughs> L-theanine. And he's like, um, he's in his, in a part, he's a uh, trans man. There used to be, their dead name is Thea, you know? <laughs> why? You, okay, you chose to take it. Fair enough. I don't cool. know why I went in that direction, mate. <laughs> Thea is a girl's name. That's all I've got. <laughs> all right, done. Elthe. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Elthe and Nina. Um, I uh, in terms of taste, I think it's I think it's tasty, but I, I suppose I do love Negronis. Yeah, it's not quite a Negroni, is it? It's something it's a, a bit different. Spritz. I, I suppose I, I I guess what I would like from it is something a little bit more bitey. Yeah, it's tough with the. I drink a lot of the beers, and it's tough with the like the spirit substitute or like you know the RTDs kind of substitute things because they never quite have the bite. What did you drink when you would? What does RTD stand for? Oh, ready to drink. Sorry, RTD. Oh, ready like a, a gin and tonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like the canned things. Yeah, yeah. RTD. Yeah, I don't know what other thing to call them. Like it's only saving one syllable there. Like, I fair enough. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I don't know how to loop them all into one, you know, what would you call them? Oh, do doos. Cheap drinks. Cheap drinks. No, chick drinks. Oh, chick <laughs> drinks. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but, it's not better. But a bitch is drinking, like, whiskey and cola from the can. Is that it's a chick true, drink? No, absolutely not. No, it's, it's That's why dudes. RTD is better. RTD. Okay, so it sounds more it's ready to, tough. Ready to drink, bro. Ready to drink, bro. 
What are you? What did you drink before? <laughs> I didn't know you quit, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I did 2020, no alcohol, no drugs. Mm-hmm. Completely sober. It's also when I stopped weed. Nice. Um, so I don't touch weed anymore. I've had like three moments where I have. But um, this year I decided no more alcohol. Uh, my last um, – it was in Australia. I had a good little splurge here. Um, you know, accidentally stumbled across a bag of MD one night whilst drinking heavily. Result. You know, boom. Uh, that was the, you know, two days of, um, great ca- catching up with friends and, yeah, and, yeah, and consumption. Yeah. <laughs> really just like listening. Oh, so much listening and, uh, thigh stroking. Yeah. And, um, and so I decided, and then it was my, like, stepbrother's birthday and my mom was just like, she's always like, Anna, you wanna, you wanna, like, have the wine with me? And I'm kind of like her enabler. Yeah. And, um, and I ended up just being like the, the you know when you're like you've got the, the the sibling that always finishes off everyone else's meal i'm like the rubbish bin oh, for with alcohol. all the drinks dude i was totally that person <laughs> when i used to drink yeah i would be like it's an offense to leave a drink unfinished what right? are you doing right so i'd be like oh yeah oh, i'll finish man. off the chardonnay mum. oh there's still a glass of pinot okay yeah and, and, but by the end of this dinner i was i didn't feel drunk i'd consumed probably a bottle of Prosecco, like half a bottle of Chardonnay. And There's that European like, you coming out. The Prosecco. Prosecco. <laughs> Overpronouncing uh, shit. I do speak Italian in my defense. Okay, but, nice. But That's still, good. I don't know. Prosecco. Uh, a bottle of Prosecco. Yeah. Um, some Chardy and uh, <laughs> and half a bottle of Pinot. Um, and uh, and I didn't feel drunk. And it's one of, you know, when you get to that point where you're like, doesn't matter how much I consume, I'm not even enjoying the alcoholic benefits it's just right your, now. It's just like an obligation that you have have to society and the gods of booze yeah. to not leave it and you my know. mother exactly that's brutal that you call yourself a rubbish bin <laughs> <laughs> it's really how yeah and so i was like you know i think i'm done and also my brother and his um wife were pregnant with their fourth child that just got born uh-huh. was born last week um and so they were sober and then i was like you know what you know this is how i'm gonna bring in the new year and then i got the spot in melbourne at voltaire on the first of the first and i had a party i could have gone to in castle Maine on the 31st mm-hmm. and i was like you know what I'm not going to go to that party and I'm going to have breakfast with my, my nieces and nephew nice. and I'm going to be fresh and then I'm going to be fresh for that spot that I'm so hungry for because I haven't done enough comedy since I've been in Australia visiting and um, and yeah, and so started the new year fresh and clean. That's sick and you've just not gone back to not it. Not gone back. That's great, man. Good for you. I have – what I do instead of alcohol is hard drugs though. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, I'm the same. I, I was talking to Luca before on another episode about how like I don't – you were just were you just sniffing that? You were just getting I'm a walk. Taking in the botanicals. I should have got us little glasses. Hey, maybe to open, to open up, it up the textures. <laughs> Let it breathe, you know. Um, I was talking to Luca about um, how, like, I don't drink, but I still do drugs. But the drugs were never the thing for me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this kind of I don't know shame or guilt or like I'm not doing it properly. Because I do the hard drugs. Well, I, I mean, I don't. Like, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I guess doing a podcast and being like, I'm sober, in my mind there are these voices of critical voices of people going, like, you're not even doing it right. Mm. Do you uh, – what, what do you think about that? Um, I think that alcohol is way too supported – too accessible, encouraged, and deeply entrenched in every culture around the world that to stop drinking is a big thing yeah. and it needs to be commended. Sober, sadly, yeah, it's not the right word. And so I do, when I do tell people, oh, no, I'm sober, I'm like, ah, but I take drugs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I do, and I, and I follow it up with that quite quickly because I do feel like it's a misrepresentation. Sure. But I don't feel guilty in any way because I know that drug use without alcohol 
Good little burpee. Burpee, burpee. Oh, I feel better. Yeah, that negra- <laughs> Good. Um, uh The drug use that you do without alcohol is so different. Yeah. Like you don't – you're not like – there's no overconsumption at all. Yeah, totally. You do it and then you wait for it to come on and you feel it and you can enjoy it or not or whatever. Yeah. You're much more present for it. And you're able to go, oh, I'm I'm tired. I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. You know, you do one little line and then – you're like, all right, well, the conversation's starting to degenerate, like de- deteriorate, and I'm feeling a bit tired. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home and still get a good night's sleep. Yeah, totally. And the you know, dream. Yeah, you don't really get the like Tuesday sad. What's it called again? Tuesday blues. Tuesday blues. I don't really touch MDMA anymore. Yeah, I, okay. Like that does give me still an emotional come down. Uh-huh. But the the moral come down and the feeling of the moral, I'm, come down. moral come down it's with a great alcohol. Word. Mm-hmm. With alcohol, that's the that's the thing. It's moral of like, what did I say to that person? Yeah. Oh, I ran into my ex. What did I? Oh, did uh-huh. I? Oh no! And then like the and then the waking up and feeling sluggish because alcohol does make you. It's like you can once you've stopped doing it for a while, and then you drink it, it. You can feel like it's you can feel the poison element of it in your body. I think, and it's like, oh, this is this is it's slowing me down. It's taking my energy. It's making me sleepy, and then it's making me sluggish. Yeah. And so the moral come down also of I consume this thing and that's now affecting my – but I got to a point where I was just always hungover so you don't really notice yeah, it. Yeah, totally. So can we go back because you grew up in Brighton. When did you start drinking? <laughs> Let me talk about how you're a rich fucking bitch again. Fair. Um, no, when, when did you start drinking? Was it in school? What was the deal there? What were you drinking? Um, so I started – I was drinking pretty solidly in school. Uh, my brother um, got me drinking very early because I would want to hang out with him. And so in order to hang out with him, he'd be like, well, then like skull this VB. Right. And, I, and I was like – 11 or 12 and i'd be like okay wow and so i'd scale the and then like you know um my parents look a cabinet he'd be like all right well you know fuck like finish this bottle of white wine and then like you can hang out and play playstation with oh, me oh wow <laughs> what do you reckon that was about that's wild and then um and then uh i've lost contact with my father because of talking about this but um during the divorce so like around that time um my dad uh was drinking quite a lot and um and so, yeah, then I started kind of, I guess I started drinking quite a lot because that was definitely part of the culture of my family at that point. My brother right. was drinking, my dad was drinking. And so, yeah, I've got some pretty bad, like pretty, had pretty bad experiences in high school of getting super wasted. My stepdad actually just brought up a, a memory, which is very clear for me, but clearly not. He actually had to carry me out of a party and I'd lost my skirt. Oh, wow. And uh, twigs, dirt in my like hair. dancing? I wish. Right. <laughs> Found yeah, the that skirt. Was an insane question. Why are <laughs> you dancing? So, were, you, were you just having too much wholesome fun? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> best part of that story was found the skirt it was around my waist um oh I, thank god thank god i know i wouldn't have wanted to lose that skirt but i left the party in my boyfriend's shorts he gave me his shorts yeah and um and that they vomited out of the car the whole way home wow. and then straight into the shower woke up to mum banging on the door and i was like asleep on the shower floor uh-huh. and then went to bed and mum comes in to check up on me and She's like, Anna, what's on your head? I'm like, oh, I've got my hair in a towel. And she's like, no, it's your your jacket. <laughs> so I was that wasted that I'd Oh, my- sick. You thought you were like in the shower, wrap your hair in a towel. It was right. my jacket. Yeah. So you're, you don't talk to your dad anymore? 
Um, he won't talk to, to me. Talk about that he won't talk to me. He won't talk to you. I did the Adelaide Fringe to give our relationship a try, like to be like, hey, you know, you came to Europe and didn't visit Berlin, or even tell me the first time you visited Europe that uh-huh. you were coming. I, if I'm, it was the first. So this trip right now is the first time seven years in Berlin that I have paid for myself to come to Australia. Yeah, right. All the other times my parents have paid for it, uh-huh. and this is the first time I've come on my own back. And so I was like, you know what? If I'm coming to Australia doing the festival in Melbourne, I'll do the Adelaide Fringe so I can see my dad. And I'm yeah. going to go there and give us the chance to have some coffees and a dinner and, you know, just like talk and, and, and yeah. And um, right, uh, right after I'd booked the flights, um, I, yeah, messaged him and I noticed that I was no longer, he was no longer a friend of mine on Facebook. That's crazy. And like two months before that or a month before that, um, I heard from my brother that he'd listened to my podcast uh-huh. and he was very upset with stuff that I'd said about my childhood. Right. Interesting. So, um, and then, so I'd reached out being like, Hey, sounds like we need to chat. No response. And uh-huh. the next time I was like, Hey, coming to Adelaide. Oh, we're not friends anymore. Oh. Yeah. Right. And, and then he- I sent an email to him before I went to Adelaide. Being like, I'd really like to talk and um, no response. No response. How are you with that? Are you okay? Adelaide was tough for the first three days because I realized I hadn't, I hadn't emotionally processed that I went there for that relationship. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I know no one here. I have never really liked Adelaide because it's associated with that, with like his, his wife, my dad's wife and like all of that kind of trauma around oh, trauma is a bit of a strong word, but yeah, I guess like sad, like childhood sadness of my dad moving to Adelaide away from my brother and I, uh-huh. and so I always kind of resented Adelaide. And uh, being in Adelaide, being like, oh, wow, Dad really isn't going to see me. <laughs> yeah, like it really sinks in, huh? And I was like, what am I doing here? How old were you when he left? Um, well, uh, like after the divorce, he was in Melbourne. It was, wasn't until um, he moved to Sydney first, and that was like when I was maybe like 13 or 14. 13 and then from sydney he was like oh we thought about moving to to melbourne but we decided to move to adelaide with uh, my wife's right. family and i yeah. was like okay and so that was like yeah from about 15 so he really just in the middle of your like important years i mean your parents split up that's hard yeah and he was just like well i'm going my own way yeah, yeah was yeah. there any like was there an option for you to go there with him or anything like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Nah. and also his wife wasn't a big fan of Wow. Us, generally. So. Man, that's so hard. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that really sucks. Well, I'm seeing so many parallels in my shit because like actually my dad, like my stepdad, not even my biological dad, but my stepdad, I said some things that he was unhappy about on my podcast uh, a few years ago and we fought about it and it was hard because we don't have a good speaking relationship and openness and whatever. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, we were able to get past it the first time I called him, it was in my my special on YouTube. I, I called him and I said, I'm sorry. And he was like, that's all right. Anyway, we got a dog and just like didn't talk about it. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's how we talk. And then a few months later, I realized, called him again and his partner in the kitchen was like, Aiden, I knew when he hung up, I was like, Derek, I don't, I don't think that's what he wanted to talk about, you know, like the dog. So yeah. she knew, but she had to come and kind of sit there with him and like be there to hold his hand through the difficult discussion because me and him never really spoke. But, like, that's a yeah. bit of sliding doors for me, you know? Like, I feel, I'm sorry to, like, whatever, but no, no, I no. feel, like, really grateful that my dad and I were able to push through that because very easily I could have had that experience that you're just telling me. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really happy that you, like, because conflict 
builds intimacy, right? Or, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, trust yeah, and, yes, and relationship. yeah, pushing through it. And, uh, and so that's so cool that you had yeah. that. Like, that's re- like, I, you know, I've done a lot of, um, talking with my mom and my brother and thinking about how this could resolve. And the reality is like, not to, without going into too many details, I, I really don't see how my dad and I will ever, uh, sort of resolve this mm-hmm. because he doesn't want, to acknowledge what happened. And I've tried to talk to him in the past, like in my early 20s, tried to have a conversation about it, and it didn't go well. And now it's the same thing. And, you know, if, if he's not willing to um, just sort of see what happened and acknowledge it, what, then there's what, be... What is it? What's the thing that happened? Him leaving? Uh, it wasn't him leaving. Like, it wasn't him leaving so much as um, the kind of behavior that he, that, that I experienced as a child When he was drunk. Yeah, when he was drinking. That stuff. And then also with his wife. And that's so great that your stepdad's new partner yeah. is supportive of your relationship and yeah, wanting yeah. to champion that because... Um, my my dad's wife um, not not a fan of me and also that whole uh, that history that I'm talking about involves um, behavior from her as well. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they're still together, of course, and they do not want to look do, at it. Does the way that like does drinking for you is it like tied to all of that? Like, if your dad was a drinker mm. and then your brother got you into it, like. Mm. What was your first drinking times? Like, what was that like? Like, you know, you go to this party, whatever. Are you drinking by yourself? Are you, like, going out partying? Are you drinking to get drunk? Or are you just drinking for fun? Yeah, I think uh, first experiences were definitely, like, outside of those ones with my brother where he's like, finish the VB, skull it. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was at parties and it was drinking in a in a loose, fun, social dynamic. And I've yeah. always been a drinker in that way. Definitely there's been some, like, self-harming drinking moments where it's like, I'm going to finish this bottle of vodka, like, this bottle of rum to, like, just not feel anything. Yeah. That was that. Um, but that that hasn't been, like, that's that's been, like, little tiny moments of, like, crisis in my life. That's not, that isn't my relationship with alcohol at all. And I, and I genuinely, and I think anyone who argues it too much, I have a good relationship with alcohol. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. why are you arguing so hard? Totally. But, but I do, like, I have, um, and I have, like, for the last year had, like, a big bottle of good vodka and some vermouth and I'll have, like, beers in the house. I just don't touch them. It's just the reason why I've stopped drinking is because I'm at a comedy club every night or a bar every night. I get free alcohol. Yeah. There's always a reason to celebrate or yeah, commiserate. Yeah, yeah, And I just, like, I want to stop the conversation because I've got stuff to do. Man, that's totally it. The yeah. same thing. The conversation, the idea of, like, bargaining with yourself. Do I drink now? Or am I going to drink later? Or what the fuck? Yeah. The when I decided to quit was a morning that I woke up and I had the idea, what if I didn't drink again, full stop. And it was like a weight lifted. Right. I was like, oh, I that's an option. Think about it anymore. Yeah. I could just not do it at all. It's yeah, I can feel like it's yeah. such a relief. The relief. I man. love it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just creates all the space and removes all this noise. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, easy. Easy peasy. I think what you just said about um as well though, like, you know, those few times when like you'd have a bottle of vodka and you're just like, I'm gonna drink this whole thing because fuck this. Yeah. I do this thing where I'm really unwilling to give something like like to admit that something has power over me mm-hmm. to be like I did that because I wanted to not feel this or I did that for you know I'm like no nah, man I did that cuz it was cool I wanted to <laughs> like I did it cuz I'm even sick fun. Like, yeah, it's yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> I did it cuz I'm fucking dope 
and you don't get it. Because <laughs> you're not cool. Like, I, I think when I was younger, I was obsessed with this idea of, like, you know, my favorite writers were all drinkers and, like, there's Hunter this, S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson, <laughs> yeah. Kerouac, the, yeah. and fucking- There's still um, some of my favorites, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I say Kerouac, but Steinbeck. actually, On the Road is, like, mostly fucking, you know, it's gibberish, and the rest of his stuff- also sucks. Yeah, I'm not a big Kerouac fan, but like, like yeah. Bukowski, Bukowski, amazing. Steinbeck. Oh. Um, ah. Yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, nom, 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 nom. oh, maybe we should end this with my favorite Bukowski poem. But anyway, we were a while off ending it yet. Okay. I, I love Bukowski. I love. I'm. I'm finally reading Post Office right now. Oh, Post Office. I mean, all of it's so good. All of it's so good. All of it's so good, no. dude. So good. Such tasty lit. Yeah, tasty lit. <laughs> What the fuck? Come on, mate. Um, what the? Tasty oh, lit. I'm sorry. So, um, but I I remember being like 19 when I first moved out of home. She's falling to pieces. <laughs> She's absolutely lost the plot. Tasty lit has Anna Bo- Beros on the floor. Oh, just the shame. Okay. So, you remember when you were when? Well, I was 19. I moved out of home for the first time into I was working at a nightclub in uh, Adelaide Red Square okay. on Hindley Street. And the owners uh were like I guess 40 or something. They just together they were like best mates. They just bought a place that they were going to subdivide and turn into you know, flats or whatever. Okay. But they didn't have planning permission to knock it down yet. So, me and two of the other bartenders, they were like do you guys want to like live in this cool place? <laughs> and like, we'll just take the money straight out of your pay. We won't even, so nothing was written down. We just got a hundred bucks out of our pay every week to live in this like place that we just graphed the walls. First time I ever took acid, I fucking um, found some paint in the shed, tipped it up in the living room. And then like my housemate ran around barefoot in the paint and like it was just mayhem. This oh my! Place. It this sounds chaos. amazing. It, at nineteen, it was sick. Yeah, dude. fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And uh, oh man, just so many. Like I remember being so poor at one point, or not even poor, but just like unable to take control of my own life and figure out how to do anything. I remember having That's poor having toast. I had a job. Like I, my, I had plenty of money. I was doing drugs and drinking all the time. I had toast. I had no butter, so I got you know crushed garlic. Yeah, I spread crushed garlic on my toast. That's and then like, with Vegemite, that shit is really ready. yeah. Well, I never got to that stage. I just had the garlic solo. Just rub, rub a clove of garlic on hot toast, oh, and yeah. then and then Vegemite. Really? Because the oh. oil from the garlic. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, all right, go. I gotta do that. You Maybe I'm not a loser. Time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> This is a food podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but when it, when you said poor, it's just like you were you were poorly equipped to deal yeah. with freedom and to know yes, how yes, to, look after to know yourself. what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, uh, oh yeah, like I remember one time, me and my housemate, she we got a cab to IGA down the bottom of the hills for like a twenty minute walk to mm. the end of the road. And got the cab to wait for us while we did our grocery shopping. Then got the cab back and then did a runner. <laughs> oh, you assholes. Oh, my and God. No, it wasn't even the runner because she was so loose. I was like, <laughs> we don't have money to do the runner, but, like, I guess we'll try. And she was messing with the guy's, like, back of his head. We were drunk and it was fucked. So, she was, like, poking the guy in the back of the head. And then she turned it into that it was his fault and got really angry at him and was like, we're not paying. And was like, come on, Taco, we're not paying. And, like... Oh my god, you scoundrels! Yeah, I have. I actually haven't thought about that in ages. I feel like you feel I got guilty? some guilt about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drunk guilt. Um, but one night, 
I was uh, in this relationship that was on again, off again, and we just kept breaking up and we broke up one night and I came home from the club and it was like 10 a.m. and I was sitting on the kitchen floor with a bottle of vodka and some pills. I just ate some pills and was scrawling. When you, when you say pills, you mean like? Oh, like uh, like ecstasy. Ecstasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying no, to okay. commit suicide or anything. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Fun, fun I was pills. Just trying to get messed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I um, had a paint pen. And I just wrote born alone, die alone, or like a hundred times, like over and over again in big and small and everything on the linoleum of our kitchen floor, Jesus. just like sitting on the floor, born alone, die alone. Because I was listening to Nas, there's a lyric, born alone, die alone, the crew to keep my crown, I think, whatever. Um, and my housemate, so cool. that girl came home <laughs> and uh, just sees me on the floor surrounded by born alone, die alone. And I'm like, ah, ah, and she just, I remember her looking at me and going, oh, taco. <laughs> <laughs> but just this idea when I did it, I was like, man, I'm like a romantic, you know, I'm a writer. Oh, my this God. This is what I do. It is beautiful, though. Yeah. And do you think about writing a book? Um, yeah, little bits. I actually wrote a couple novellas earlier on in my, like, comedy career. I had a show where I lived with a con man in London for um, a while. He was telling people that he owned the flat when they moved in and he was working for the agency who let the flat. So he told them no one was living there and he told the people who moved in that he was the owner. So they paid him rent and then I was the only one who knew because he was just a guy who lived there and I was there before him. Everyone else moved out. So everyone knew who moved in were like he owns the flat. So they just paid him. And I wrote a blog about him every week in secret for like three months <laughs> and it covered the period where they got like they found out and then he got arrested and then he came back and he like barricaded himself in the flat. It was this whole thing. Oh and I, I printed that. That was when I was living in London. That was 2015. And um, I, my, the cafe I worked for paid for me to get it printed as like a little 44-page novella and I would sell them for gold coin donations in the flat. And then, uh, sorry, in the cafe, cafe, in the cafe. And then that, no, in the flat. I was like, you turned it into Uh, a museum? Was he like behind bars in his room? And then that was the first solo hour I ever did. I've worked, I did four dates of 2016 Edinburgh Fringe, took it back for the month in 2017. And then 2018 Melbourne Comedy Festival, that was my first solo show. It was called the Abisham Flat. But yeah, that was, I sold that. I think I sold like 400 copies of that thing. That's 400 yeah. gold coins. 400 gold British sterling, sterling coins. Sterling. Yeah. Gold sterling. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you've written stuff. That's- but then I tried to follow it up with another one the next year and it was just garbage. I tried to write like a different thing. Mm-hmm. It was fucking sucked. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to, yeah. This is writing something that's not supposed to be funny and, uh-huh. and getting kind of like poetic. Serious, right, lit, if you will. Lit, yes, indeed. Uh, I'm not repeating that phrase. <laughs> uh, yeah, but really, yeah, because I love words. We love words. We all love words. We use them. Yeah, we They're use our them. mates. Yeah, they are our mates. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, mine's going to be more like romantic, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, little like, vignettes on, on love. Right, like uh, one of those Mills and Boone Kmart books that you read, like as a you know lonely housewife on a train. Definitely like masturbation. Y- yeah, yeah. Nice. Did, did you would ever? You, I was going to say, yeah. Would you ever write like erotic? I wrote an erotic thing for a girl once. It was like two thousand words, but like we were apart, and it was just like a fantasy of if we were together, and it was received reasonably well. Okay. Yep. 
I um, I started a, a, an audio play in the okay. pandemic with um, a very good writer in Berlin. Uh, he's the head writer of Comedy Central Germany, actually. Woo! And um, and we started because we both have like low kind of voices, and so we started a we wanted to make a comedy um, a comedy porn. Uh huh. And so we wrote like the first three episodes, and then they recorded the first one. How was that? Um, super fun, man. Like trying to make sex sexy and uh, with comedy with in it. funny i don't like to laugh when i'm fucking i only like i like i, I always laugh after i come uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is not for this your that's podcast. really funny <laughs> that's super funny dude yeah uh and like laughing during sex is yeah it's like it can throw you off but it needs to be in the right way like in the right yeah moment, yeah, yeah, right? yeah 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 some, I feel like there's a level of like when I've been having sex with someone and they've laughed, I'm like, you're unhinged. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable now. I don't feel safe anymore. <laughs> you got to be careful Why with Why are you laughing? Man? Yeah, exactly. And I think men can get very. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think, and even We're women, fragile flowers. But even know? women as well. It's like, why are you laughing? And it's like, oh, yeah. it's not because your body's funny yeah. or you're failing. It's because I saw a bird. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Because I just thought of your dad, or you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so, all right. So, um, you, where did we get to? You were drinking. I, I kind of want to wrap us up now. You've decided to not drink. Mm. What was that decision? Um, what was it? Like, um, yeah, it's the, like, like, yeah, the, oh, that's right. Sorry, the shame stuff. The yeah. shame stuff. Um, hold on, what? The shame stuff about? Yeah, or the, the waking up in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The moral, the moral, yeah, the moral hangover. Moral hangover. Is what, yeah. That's a really neat phrase. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's that, and um, it's uh, it's also like alcohol is very bad for the body, right? And uh-huh. if I do want to have kids, yeah, I need my body to like. I managed to stop smoking finally three nice. years. Nice, good like, for you. A year and a bit ago. That's hard. Yeah. And like stopping the weed smoking three years ago or more now, and um, and so alcohol as well. It's like it's not yeah. good for the body yeah. all the time drinking it, and removing the conversation and uh, and yeah, and it's only on alcohol. Like it's only with alcohol that I make also bad decisions. Yeah, sure, that's one, isn't it? Noticing not every time you drink you make bad decisions, but every time you make bad decisions, hey, I was drinking. Absolutely, isn't that weird? Is it? Mm, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and like the worst things I've ever done in my life have been yeah, with same. alcohol. Same, like that, that like sick shame of like, oh my god, and like who you've hurt. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah, yeah. And how are you feeling about being sober at the moment? Good. I love it. Yeah, Be- being in Melbourne is a bit triggering because I've never been sober in Melbourne. I feel like that's a part of it. I, I say in my show at the moment, like. uh when I quit, I had to learn how to do everything again that I used to do while I was drinking. Mm-hmm. You just, for the first year, it feels like every situation you're in, you're like, this is the first time I've done this sober, this and this and this. Yeah. But after a while, you have reference for everything mm-hmm. and you have a bit more of a foundation of your sobriety. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like like me being at Bar Open, uh, yes. Saturday That's night, a classic. smoky, dancing, yeah. and it's just like, whoa. Thank God for the, the like the, the like smoke machine right now because it's all so very confronting and like these spaces that I've got so many layers of memory uh-huh. um, and also just like everyone's drinking. Everyone's like, drinking. I've noticed in Australia doing my like um, in my in my solo I talk about my sobriety in 2020 and I check in with the audience if anyone's done done sobriety before. Yeah, and it's always just for like the, a cup. It'll be like one person and it's always just for medical reasons. Right? Is there more in Berlin? 
Yeah. Really? Europe, there's heaps of people oh, that are interesting. sober. That's cool, man. Yeah. And alcohol-free beer was uh, like really yeah, everywhere like ages ago. Yeah. Like, like in 22, like it was, it was just not hard to not drink. Right. Yeah. That's cool, man. I like that. So, so yeah. you're loving it. I am loving yeah, it. Yeah, sick. I, and I you're very it. new. So like quitting drinking fully. Fully. Like to be like, I'm not. Well, the thing is I will drink again. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm a mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only That's because, so funny. Once you become a mum, you're like, I'm now when I hit it. Well, I feel like if I'm at, you know, a dinner party with my kid, you know, like going off to the bathroom and doing a little bump of K is going to be less socially acceptable. Yeah, totally. Having a glass of wine yeah. and then wrapping it up and going home and being yeah, fresh Yeah, you're a yummy mummy at that it's, point. There's a right. word for that kind of behavior. <laughs> exactly. Yummy mummy. I was going to bring it back to tasty, but let's not. Well, um, you yeah. know what is good for your body, mate? Nootropics. Nootropics. What do you think of this? I like it. Would you rate it out of five? Taste? Taste? Taste, I would go. Can I do points? You can, but I'm going to go a three. Yeah, I was going to go 3.5 yeah, yeah, to yeah. be nice. I just, I, I, I don't like, I just don't know if I'm the person to be marketing these two, but the beers, man, they're like. I love the a I love beers. But yeah. the thing is, if you had this on ice, it would get so watery. Right. It doesn't have enough of a – like it needs to have a bit more of a Campari. And I know it's alcohol-free. Some kind of tartness or bitterness or some kind of thing. Some depth. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Would you – I I was – when I was doing my um, alcohol-free reviews like on Instagram, I was doing packaging and cool. Mm -hmm. Packaging – Packaging's all right for like it tells you what it is. You know what it is. Yeah, it's a little. It feels a little kid like, but that's kid like, kid like. Yeah, okay. To be honest, if this wasn't an alcohol free drink, because that's marketed to like adults, mm. but you could drink this as a child. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this would be a good. Maybe they're going for the wrong market. Maybe the market is get kids into drinking earlier, yeah. normalize alcohol use for young children. Well, I don't know if nootropics, <laughs> I don't know if l l is any good for children either. But, yeah, this could actually just be like the gateway drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't they change it to like, uh, you know, um, mathsaline or something to do with school? school that was a horrific that, that, joke. I'm sorry. I felt it bomb as it <laughs> left my fucking body. But also, um, uh, yeah, and now it distracted me. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a gateway, it's gateway necrotic. Yeah, and would yeah. you the the cool is like, how would you feel if you were drinking this at a party? I'd feel pretty average. You're right. You wouldn't feel like if someone was like, "What are you drinking there?" Yeah, I'd be like, "Oh, it's this. Uh, you want to try?" Yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of these. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Because I feel like when I'm drinking a really good alcohol-free thing, I'm like, "This is sick." Yeah, I get you know? super excited about yeah, the yeah, alcohol-free. Yeah. Like, it tastes like an actual XPA, and it, or it's like, ah, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's and that's true. This doesn't taste like the thing that it says it tastes like. Exactly. Yeah, this exactly. doesn't taste like a Negroni, and I don't think that's that it tastes bad but it's just like it's hard to taste like a negroni when you don't have alcohol yeah i um i'm friends with a woman in germany whose grandfather created the process of making alcohol-free wine oh his name is actually carl jung (laughs) no way genuinely and um and she they still have the vineyard and she gave me some and this rosé and it tastes like wine nice it tastes like wine i gotta come out there and try some of that when i'm in germany yes absolutely cool man fuck yeah i'll invite you to a bottle please do you have any Thing you want to plug before we wrap up? Yes, I would like to plug um, my 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 insta. Well, I guess my podcast is Adults Only Comedy Berlin. I uh, just had Aiden on we it. We just did an episode of it, fucking before this. 
Exactly. And then my Instagram where I post stuff is AF Barros. Nice. nice. And you're doing comedy around Europe normally? Yes, based yeah. in Berlin. So if you come to Berlin, I run a bunch of shows and then I tour around Europe as well. Sick. And for me, follow me on AidenJonesComedy.com. Uh, my other podcast, Sitting Under a Tree. I've got specials on YouTube. I've got a whole bunch of stuff. And on my website, you'll find all of my tour dates. I want to be in Edinburgh in August and then through Europe probably after that. Where do we find that novella? Oh, that novella. Oh, man. You know what? I should post it. It's theabishamflat.blogspot.com. Theabishamflat.blogspot.com. Have a sus. Thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks, mate. That was just me just fucking weird. I'm Aiden Jones. I'm still not drunk. <laughs>